What do you think about Trump's airstrike on Syria? Did he do the right thing? Is he being played? Was he snowing us all along? The Monica Perez show starts now. Always put the interests of the American people and American security above all else. Has to be first. Has to be. That will be the foundation of every single decision that I will make. America. America first will be the major and overriding theme of my administration. That was President Trump, April 2016, and his big foreign policy speech on the campaign trail. And I think a lot of the comments he made last year led me and a lot of other people to believe that uh, the days of intervention might be behind us. So I'm going to play some of those clips for you. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. There is so much to talk about this week because President Trump did order and the military executed an airstrike on Syria. Tomahawk missiles, about 59 or 60 of them, were shot uh, onto an airfield that we are told was where President Assad of Syria launched a chemical weapons attack against his own people. There's a lot. What I just said, all of that in a nutshell, will uh, our conversation about that will take this entire afternoon. Our whole three hours is going to be unpacking that. I want to know what you think about it. What do you think? Are you happy with Trump about this? Are you still giving him the benefit of the doubt? I want to get into that conversation. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I also want to read some tweets at Monica Perez Show. But uh, there there were other things going on. I realize that that is going to take our entire show. But I feel like the I-85 collapse, I, I really like to talk about local stories. And that one is actually a local story that went national for sure. And last week we talked about it a little bit. Binkley, my producer here, was down the rabbit hole on that one. I was reserving judgment. But we did a podcast. We do a podcast called The Propaganda Report. You can find that at PropagandaReportDaily.com. And we did an episode, episode 36 this week, where Binkley uncovered some clips that uh, really blew my mind about it was Governor Deal uh, having a press conference earlier in the week before the collapse about about (laughs) drills in Georgia that included things like that, highway and uh, uh, collapse. I don't I can't remember. all the details, but Binkley, what you played for me on the air, on that podcast blew my mind, and people really responded to that. What do you, why do you think like people went crazy for that podcast? It was just interesting that they had a press conference about a multi-agency emergency response exercise involving collapse structures three days before a giant collapse structure. That was weird. And then the after that, he had a, a press conference deal where he said, "Well, you know." This let's just make lemonade that we're going to do a lot of stuff we wanted to do. And uh, we really never could get done before. You know, it's like uh, that sounds kind of sometimes an emergency can accomplish things that a politician cannot. (laughs) Something like that. But I urge people I I wanted to get to that today, play some of those clips. But really, the Syria airstrike is so monumental, so significant 
that I don't want to take the time to do that. But if you want to hear it, tell people how to get to uh, to all of our podcasts. Go to PropagandaReportDaily.com, and on the right, you'll see a little iTunes Apple icon, and you'll see a Google Play icon. You can click on those two and subscribe to us on either one of those platforms. And we're getting yes. censored on YouTube hardcore, <laughs> so we need you to sign up, and we need you to give us some positive ratings. Well, this is pretty explosive and exclusive material, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yes, positive ratings would be good. It's not like we've been... <laughs> Uh, I don't think it really benefits us except for to encourage us to do more. It makes I us feel that. good. Yes, it makes us feel good. It makes us feel because we get a lot of negative, you know, especially like on a day like today, I'll probably get uh, a lot of calls from people who uh, disagree with me. So it's nice to know that there are people out there who do agree with me. And uh, let's let's get the conversation started on the Syria attack. Last week, we were told that Bashar al-Assad, the president of Syria, dropped chemical weapons on his own people, killing innocent women, men, and children. And this week, Trump, in an emotional speech, announced that he commanded the military to shoot and ended up, I think, being 59 Tomahawk missiles at the airbase where Assad supposedly launched these chemical weapons. But this is a very serious situation. So I don't think it's being... Certainly, there's like no debate in D.C. or even on the media about uh, the principles, the moral principles, the legal principles, uh, the facts here. It's people are assuming that they know the facts. And uh, I, I think a lot of the actual facts and, you know, legal matters, policy matters, moral matters are being just uh, glossed over. What's most significant about this is that although Obama did drop 20,000 bombs at least, I mean, that's just the number that sticks in my mind, but it's at least 20,000 bombs on Syria and Iraq in 2015, Trump's strike marks the first use of military force against the government of Syria. So what Obama tried to do is people say, well, if Obama hadn't uh, withdrawn, we would not be in this position. That is absolutely not true. Obama and Kerry both lobbied very hard to launch Tomahawk missiles into Syria. As a matter of fact, I just posted on PropagandaReportDaily.com tons of evidence that I had at the time. Obama made a formal request to Congress to launch strikes against Syria. They didn't even bring it to a vote because it was so clear the American people did not want that. So what Obama did instead, those bombs were under the auspices of this authorization to use force because he said it was against the terrorists. But this is expressly against a sovereign nation. So that's why you absolutely have to go to Congress for that. They Only Congress can declare war, and the president is not commander-in-chief unless he is called into actual service by Congress. So this all lays at in Congress's feet. Trump, even at the time back then, said Obama should go to Congress. Obama had said about Bush, he should go to Congress. So this is a constitutional matter, and it's also uh, a matter of sovereignty. The law of nations requires that we respect other people's sovereignty. So even if you you recognize the UN's authority to address these matters uh, and said that they that they do have the right to impinge on other people's sovereignty. In that case, you actually have to have an investigation. You have to have evidence. And in this particular case, uh, the 
when Obama tried to get the Tomahawk missiles in response to a chemical weapons strike, that chemical weapons strike has since then been well established to be a rebel false flag that was designed by the rebels to get us to take action against Assad because that's what they wanted. I have, again, I posted evidence. I actually got evidence off of Fox News. I was watching Fox News, and they showed the rebel hideout with the chemical weapons in it. They just accidentally played that footage, which I had recognized, because I was following the international news on it. So check that stuff out if you don't believe it. But since then, even the U.N. found that the highest likelihood was that it was a rebel false flag designed to get the U.S. to be involved. So if you're going to make this strike... uh, um, under some kind of international humanitarian argument, you must make sure that you're not being tricked. So popping off like that, uh, not a great idea. That's another reason you want to go to Congress. You want to get the people. They are our agents. They are um, conducting military action in our name with our money. And we really need to uh, have a say. They need to be accountable to us. That's why Congress is required to approve these kind of actions. So uh, I want to want to open up the conversation, 800-WSB-TALK. Binkley, let's let's uh, read some tweets. I was absolutely inundated by tweets over the past few days at Monica Perez show. We can read them live as we go, but what have we accumulated so far? Gaksham tweets, if this is a just war, at the very least, present the facts along with irrefutable evidence. Yeah, I think that's important. So a just war, there are actually principles of just war. I think it was St. Augustine who first laid those out. And uh, it absolutely has to be by the illegitimate authority, which would be Congress. It has to be um, justified. And that requires, I mean, even if you think about a court of law, you have to justify it with some evidence. And pictures of horrors is actually considered prejudicial so you don't you don't like at the beginning of a trial you can't just show all these horrible horrible pictures and say see don't you want to punish the guy who did that because if that guy didn't do it you're you're actually using those motions to punish the wrong people and this uh campaign this propaganda campaign that we've seen this week has been uh, i mean almost exclusively what um binkley has taught me is atrocity propaganda where and, and little babies getting hurt is like the most classic uh example of atrocity propaganda and that's what this is relied on so we're going to get into all those nuances what i think propaganda is at work what legal principles at work moral and and actually more uh what i'm really interested in is if you were a trump supporter if you are a trump supporter how does this change your view of trump does it do you think is this what you expected is this what you want are you giving him the benefit of the doubt or is your opinion changing on on him. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez, on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. 65 and sunny outside the studio, a 9 on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, and we are talking about Trump shooting Tomahawk missiles into Syria aimed at the government of Syria. This marks a first strike ever of the U.S. against the government of Syria. It is um, an act of war. So (laughs) I know people aren't going to agree with me, so that's what we're going to do for the next uh, two and a half hours. We are going to, I guess, uh, argue about it. But I'm going to start the 
conversation with Dwight in Atlanta. Dwight, you are on with Monica. Uh, thank you, Monica. Um, via the blogs, and I'm not sure which ones, I'm sure conservative-driven and uh, maybe the media reports, there was some uh, evidence that they were saying involved uh, surveillance of jets that they have proof of flying out of that airfield that was uh, bombed uh, into and dropping the chemical bombs in the areas uh, we're discussing, and then also a drone flying over 30 minutes later to locate the hospital where the victims were being treated, and uh, later a MiG flying over, dropping yet another bomb, maybe to suppress the evidence. Um, is that all of that information, are you saying, is that still not valid, not proven? or Well, who who is the source of the information? I, it was either Breitbart, Drudge, or one of the others. It was their own pictures? Uh, no, I mean, uh, I don't... I don't think anything's been released to any of the media showing right, so the here's the thing. Surveillance. So we are what saying, you're saying is distrust the government first. Yeah, we're saying that the government who completely lied about the last chemical weapons attack in 2013 completely lied. If you don't know that, you need to do research. The false they, flag, right? Yeah, it was a rebel false flag. So if they 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 lied about it. So if what we're saying is our only evidence is the same government giving us this information, I, I can't take that as valid. And this is why it really matters that defense is for defense in a in a government like ours that is for the people and by the people, the sovereign citizen. Because a, a monarchy or a dictatorship or an empire can make decisions about what to do in other countries. But we make the decisions about what's in our defense and what is not in our defense. And the number one way you know when something is in your defense or not is if people are coming across the border and you have to get your militias to push them back. So the the easiest way to tell that a, a, a military action is a just war, is defensive, is if there is an imminent physical threat to you, to your country, to your borders. And this thing in Syria isn't even, I mean, even when they say it's terrorism, that you got to stop terrorism from coming over here because of 9-11, okay, I, that's one degree removed to say that Syria has something to do with that, the government of Syria. But we're not even saying that. We're saying that the government of Syria did something against its own people that I, for one, have no way of proving or disproving, and that's where we're taking action. As Taylor emailed me, it's like if Syria started bombing us after Waco. You know, we've got, if you got a problem with Waco, okay. But for Syria to start bombing you, I think you would probably retaliate and perhaps be justified in retaliating. This is uh, going to be a lively conversation. All the phones are lit up, but you can try anyway, 800-WSB-TALK. Uh, an easier way to get through to me would be to tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. It's a madhouse! A madhouse! Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. And we believe that respect for mutual sovereignty helps form the basis of trust and understanding. That was Donald Trump's victory speech, December 6th. 2016 in Fayetteville. And uh, to repeat his words, he said that respect for mutual sovereignty helps form the basis of trust and understanding. And 
sovereignty, respect for the sovereignty of other nations, I think a lot of people in this country argue for that. It's central to the immigration debate. And uh, it's an extension of the sovereign citizen that I think most traditional Americans recognize. But it's also the foundation of the law of nations, which was laid down by Vattel, was the name of the guy. And it was the number one document on which our Constitution was based. When you hear the expression American exceptionalism, I think the regular people think it means the how extraordinary our unique experiment was in that we have sovereign citizenship here, that we recognize that the government is an extension of the people and not the other way around. And uh, American exceptionalism, if you dig into that, the way the power elites, the ruling elite use that, it means that America is an exception to this law of nations where we are not required to respect the sovereignty of other nations because we know better and we need to police the world. And that American exceptionalism is the basis for the argument that we have a right to bomb the government of Syria, not in retaliation for a, an act of aggression towards us, but an alleged act of aggression towards its own people. And my problem with that is, like the foreign policy or internal policy of many other countries, we don't live there. We don't know. We can't verify these facts. You can verify it when someone is crossing the border, and you can get your gun and defend your borders. That's for sure. When it starts getting beyond that, you really need to make sure you can trust the facts. And you can't accept the facts that your government tells you because that in itself is uh, – it plays into the government being the control entity and us being the servants of the government. They need to explain it to us. They need to go to Congress and make their case. And even if your congressman would love to have more war, he has to answer to you, which is why Obama wanted to do this exact same thing. He knew he had to go to Congress, and Congress was going to say no because we rose up against it. So this striking Syria like this really violates a lot of fundamental laws and is extremely destabilizing so that instead of rewarding this kind of uh, respect for law and order in the world, we violate it. And that, as, as uh, the leading country in the world, it's, it's very destabilizing. And people will feel like they can't trust the rules, and they go rogue. And it really has destabilized uh, the Middle East especially. Our invasion of Iraq was unjustified, and Trump himself said that. And it destabilized the region in, in such a severe way that we're still experiencing it, and this will do the same thing. So uh, I know we're going to talk about it. I've got a lot, a lot of calls. I'm going to knock off the calls real quick. We're going to do rapid fire. But first, uh, Binkley, my producer here, you have um, a tweet or two for me? I do. I have a tweet from Johnny Cook who says, I suspect that this is a Germans eating Belgian babies, Kuwait babies ripped out of incubators tactic. It works every time. Wow. That's a lot of – that's jam-packed. Uh, what he's talking about is this atrocity propaganda. So I, I noticed a parallel. Trump said repeatedly, like when he even announced these strikes, he said, uh, beautiful little babies. I, can't, I couldn't stand watching beautiful little babies. Newt Gingrich on Fox said, uh, Trump loves children. Trump loves babies. That's what this is all about. <laughs> you know, we really didn't even make much sense. But it's such a classic tool of this atrocity propaganda. It's such a tool to get people to feel 
emotional and want to punish someone. And that is really the source of a lot of injustice in the world, that you can get people's emotions up and they forget to keep their their principles as a touchstone, the uh, need for facts. Uh, they, they are not strict about that. And uh, But the classic thing about the baby reminded me of uh, what was used to justify invading Iraq was a girl was crying to, I guess, was it the U.N.? You know that. It's it a was clip. a congressional testimony. Oh, was it in Congress? Yeah. Okay, so the girl was crying about Iraqi soldiers throwing babies on the ground, stealing their incubators, and leaving the babies to die on the cold floor. There were other people who also testified. Well, it came out later through some good investigative journalism, I think out of Canada maybe, Sad to say that we don't have our own so much anymore, but this was a long time ago, that it was actually the Kuwaiti ambassador's daughter who did it, and she had been coached by a PR firm, and they had, uh, that it was not true, that there, that these atrocities had absolutely not happened, and that was used as an emotional, and it actually turned the tide of people's consent for the Iraq war, and that this, and, but before that, I remember last year, in a blog post you did, Binkley, on PropagandaReportDaily.com, that it said uh, the picture you used was of a soldier with a, a bayonet through a baby, and the baby was hanging off the bayonet. What was that a reference to? Was it that a German was soldier? World War One reference, and they would use those images and stories surrounding them to say that jo- that German soldiers were, you know, impaling babies on their bayonets. Right, and- because the U.S. people did not want any part of that European no. war, and and most of the bloodlines here of the rank and file were German, not English. So to enter the war on the side of England against Germany was a tough sell, but they did it through this maybe the greatest use of atrocity propaganda up until that point in this country. Right, and Bernays talks about how after the war the American people were mad about how gullible they were. Yeah, you're talking about Edward Bernays, yeah. Sigmund Freud's nephew, who's the father of propaganda, basically. Right. Wrote the, actually, was he the one who actually wrote the book? Yeah, he wrote Propaganda, propaganda the Book. <laughs> propaganda the Book. So this, so I, I noticed I immediately got a bunch of tweets when this started happening. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I thought Trump was different, blah, 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 blah. I was listening to Fox News, like, over the next day or two, and just this <clears throat> constant stream of this is great, he did a great thing, we look so strong, this is great, our military's great, Assad is bad. The whole time, I mean, so just nothing bombarding me constantly. And now I look at the calls and absolutely everybody thinks it's a great thing now. So I'm going to let you all have your, your say. If anybody out there thinks that maybe, you know, this isn't uh, the right thing to do, give me a call, 800-WSB-TALK. Uh, I am going to Mike in Duluth. Hi, Mike, you're on with Monica. Yes, I got two things, and the second one is even more important than the first one. The first one is I'm I'm very supportive of Trump doing what he did. I if it took that man to do something today and something else happened on the other side of the world, I would fully support him in doing it. I truly believe that he wants to do the right thing for America and the American people. So you have faith in Trump's motives? I do. Okay. What's your second now, the, point? The second thing, and this this is supersedes everything about the missiles and so forth. The muckety-mucks that have you on the radio are doing the Atlanta people an injustice by having you on only one time a week. You should have your program Monday through Friday, two to three hours, because you talk in depth about all of the current subjects. The other people, they talk about it. They hit the peripheral type 
areas of it, but they can't go in-depth. They take calls about it, but you, young lady, are in a category by yourself, and I truly, truly want for those people that can make a decision on you to give you a Monday through Friday, and if it means they got to bump somebody <laughs> before you, do it, because this lady can hold her own with anybody on politics. Mike, I am blown away because I know you don't agree with me. So <laughs> it's uh, it's awesome. And I actually really appreciate the back and forth, the exchange of ideas, and I respect that you like it too. And this is how you have a more robust, just, and lasting, if you can have, uh, if there is any faith in government left, it's going to be because of people like us trying to get to the true answer and sticking to the principles and having some courage. Thank you so much, Mike. I'm going to Anthony in Snellville. Anthony, you're on with Monica. Uh, yes, good afternoon, ma'am. Um, I have to uh, support the uh, gentleman I just hung up. I am a Trump supporter. I've always been and always will. And I do applaud that he did take action. Uh, number two, I think going to Congress and the United Nations is a waste of time. And number three, I agree that you should have your show five, six, seven days a week. I'm blown away. Thank you, Anthony. But I got a question for you. Why, yeah. um, why shouldn't he go to Congress? Because, um, well, Congress, man, if you remember, um, go back to Vietnam, they were involved in military stuff there and what happened there. I think um, Congress will be sitting around having committee hearings, committee hearings, committee hearings, and come to no definitive decision whatsoever. I think they're totally inept. But maybe, you know, because I have absolutely no faith in government, I tend to like it when it's paralyzed. I really think that less action, if they had taken no action, let me ask you this. If Bush had never invaded Iraq, who had nothing to do with 9-11, if he had never invaded Iraq, do you think that we would have had more or less trouble coming out of the Middle East? Well, uh, I would think uh, if he had not, I look at it from this perspective. If Obama would not have withdrawn our military, we would not have the situation we have today. But that's not what happened. What happened was Obama begged for permission from Congress, and Congress said no, it was not Obama. And then he dropped 20,000 bombs on Syria anyway. He just said it was against ISIS and not Assad. But yes, he but did not withdraw. That is a lie perpetrated by Fox News. Okay. Um, where can I go to find out? Oh, I just posted it on Propaganda Report Daily. There's like six links because I covered it extensively in 2013 when this happened the first time. Seriously, like that is an absolute bald-faced lie that they perpetrate. And it and it was – they've been doing it for years to set us up for uh, the argument that doing nothing didn't work. But we, he did stuff, <laughs> and it made it worse. And that's why we, we have a problem. Okay, well, I'll go to that. And I have one little uh, one question. Yeah. Will you ever do a program on Susan Rice? Oh, that's interesting. I got to cut through a break, so I'm going to hang up on you, Anthony, or put you on hold, but I will answer your question. I was wondering why Susan Rice popped back up in the news last week because I really felt like this entire Russia story was – I mean, this is where I believe that the deep state rises above parties, that Democrats and Republicans are kind of in it together uh, and at the very highest levels, that that this whole Russian interference in the election, Obama's weird last-minute Russia sanctions, the back and forth with Nunez and then Rice, was a magician's misdirection. That something big was coming, and this was it. This serious strike, I think, is absolutely uh, 
so much more significant than we're being told. And I think that Susan Rice's name, I, I don't like her at all. I believe she was responsible for the coup against Morsi in Egypt. I don't like Morsi, but we had no business arranging a violent military coup. And I think she was responsible for that as her first act. You can go back and look that up. But uh, I feel like she was deliberately discredited in the public's mind immediately before this, uh, what I believe is a, another false flag chemical weapons attack, because she was the one, among other international observers, who verified that Assad no longer had chemical weapons. So for this story to hang together, they had to, in real time, discredit Susan Rice in the public's eye in such a short order that the new information about Susan Rice claiming that chemical weapons were destroyed in Syria would have no weight whatsoever. So I think that uh, her credibility, she, I, I don't think she's a good actor. I think she's a deep state actor, but I think that she's being scapegoated a little bit here or whatever used as part of a, of a larger public relations kind of psyop, psychological operation. You can tell this show is going to go deep. 800-WSB-TALK, 404-872-0750, or you could tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 68 is the high today, 44 the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Uh, I have time for one quick call. I am going to go... To another break, top of the hour. Sorry, I went a little long the last segment. But at the top of the hour, I am going to tell you what I really think is going on in Syria. I do not think what you see is what you get. There are uh, big geopolitical uh, forces at work that I'm going to give to you in a nutshell. But first, I'm going to give Derek his say. Derek, you're on with Monica. Hey, how are you doing today? Thanks for taking my call. So I completely agree with the statement you made in regards to destabilization just like what happened when we invaded Iraq. I did three deployments there, and gradually the region destabilized. Involvement from Iran, even involvement from Syria. And, you know, the, the, the decision that Trump made, I think it was a decision he had to make because had he not done anything and made a verbal statement, he'd have been wrong. Had he done nothing at all, he'd have been wrong. So, unfortunately, it's a darn if you do, darn if you don't. Why would he be wrong to do nothing? Well, unfortunately, because, like, we are in a position in the world where people, where countries expect us to respond, and they look at how we respond, and they make a decision of, oh, well, they're they're weak, they're too meek, you know. If you so, if you make a decision, but then there's another group that says you're wrong. Well, let me ask you this: From where does the U.S. government get its power? From the Constitution. And and the people, right? Correct. So. If I object to what he's doing and he's doing it in my name, what's my recourse? Unfortunately, nowadays you don't have a recourse. And I, and I certainly don't agree that, you know, it was a, a good response on his behalf, merely looking at the facts and, and you know, where we are. You know, it's, it's a – unfortunately, there's no, there's no right or good answer. Yeah, there's no recourse because these people do not go to Congress anymore. We, my podcast from 2013, when Obama wanted to do exactly what Trump is doing and Congress shut him down, I, my podcast was titled The First Victory of the Resistance. Now, the resistance, that expression has been co-opted by the left. 
But I was a constitutionalist. I was defending the Constitution. And we told our congressmen we wanted them to do that, too. And they did. And they stopped this. I want recourse. I've got great stuff coming up. Give me a call or tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. We're getting out of the nation-building business and instead focusing on creating stability in the world. Our moments of greatest strength came when politics ended at the water's edge. That was candidate, then-candidate Trump, April 2016, his foreign policy speech, the big one that he made during the campaign. That comment that he made and many other comments made me think there was a chance that he did not want to intervene in the affairs of sovereign nations. And his reference to the water's edge, I doubt he knew this, and maybe it wasn't a direct reference, but it reminds me of this theory of continentalism, which was uh, the founder's theory, or the early American um, statesman had this theory of alliances, which is kind of what legitimate alliances are, that uh, continentalism was the legitimate allies of this country are Canada and Mexico, because through them we can be invaded. And I guess the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans are our allies also, but that's why we have this luxury of... uh, that and can lead to our prosperity, that we don't actually have to have this elaborate network of alliances. That's what he's referring to. That was Trump saying uh, our moments of greatest strength came when politics ended at the water's edge. This is what he said a year ago, and uh, I think that's probably true. But this is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I did tell you I was going to just give you in a nutshell, and I will like in one sentence practically, what I think is really going on in Syria and what I've always thought was going on in Syria. I've done, I used to focus on it a lot more than recently because uh, nothing really changed about what the the geopolitical maneuverings that were happening. There are several at work. You can look at Condoleezza Rice revealed a map called the New Middle East, something like that, and it broke Iraq into three pieces. Uh, There were other similar plans, the Bernard Lewis plan, the Oded Yinan plan was an Israeli foreign policy guy from the 80s, wanted to break Syria into, I think, five pieces. There were many, Bernard Lewis, Samuel Huntington, These are people who had a vision over the previous decades of how to uh, reform the Middle East, that the old order that came from World War I, where they took different tribes and sewed them together into little Frankenstein countries in order to keep them weak, was was starting to not work anymore because you would have pan-Arab leaders who could take these states and... Uh, uh, rise above that tribalism and be very strong and possibly be allies of Russia, you know, that that kind of thing. So then it became geopolitically dangerous in the minds of the pure political actor, the real politic actor, to have the country situated as they were. So uh, to me, there's an element of this. But a more immediate element is what is termed 
in uh, maybe alternative media or international media as Pipeline Stan. I think maybe Pepe Escobar might have coined that. I don't know. But it's about this network of pipelines that crosses Eurasia, the Eurasian continent. And in serious significance in that is Qatar and Iran uh, sit over a gas field. And to get that gas into Europe, this is gas into Europe is a factor in the Ukraine also. To get the gas into Europe, a pipeline should run through Syria and up through Turkey and into Europe. Qatar wanted to run, and Saudi Arabia wanted to run that pipeline through Syria, and Syria said no. They said yes to Iran and no to the other guys. And that's when this hostility really started to flare up. Same thing with Ukraine. When the elected president of Ukraine uh, rebuffed European, the European uh, uh, overtures and went with Russia instead, that's when things got military. Isn't war politics by other means? So to me, these when you see these pictures of little babies or reports of chemical weapons, you have to, I think, take a step back from the emotionalism and that you're being manipulated. I'm not blaming people. This, is, this has always worked. It's always worked. You feel that pity is a moral response, and I, it's important to have that moral response. But there's a more – there's a deeper morality at work, which is why you have the law of nations, the, um, the laws of the United States, the laws of morality – the Ten Commandments, the Constitution, uh, Vattel's Law of Nations, which our founder said the Constitution was based on. It, it does not allow for this stuff. And at the very least, you need a president to go to Congress before taking action against a sovereign nation because it really is an act of war. And it could invite reprisal, like legitimate in the international world's eyes, of, against us from Syria and its ally, Russia. It's very dangerous business to be outside the law. And that's where I do not support what's called American exceptionalism, because what it says is we are an exception to that law. And I, I for one, do not buy it. So I, I normally don't, don't give that kind of a major mind vitamin right out of the box. But this is a serious matter that has been nothing but uh, propagandized on the cable news, for example. I mean, it's been overwhelming. Binkley, I know you're a big uh, um, observer of propaganda and in this case atrocity propaganda have you you know what's the most significant thing that you you know what's the what's your biggest takeaway over the past couple of days on what they're you know how they're working their propaganda just in a nutshell they don't want people asking any questions they want to put so much tragedy and horrifying images of children and interviews with people who's 19 family members have died that they want you to accept what they tell you so that you support whatever they do. That's interesting. So by I think you've mentioned this before, by giving you by putting you in a heightened state of emotion, they can, you're highly suggestible. Yeah. So when they say they freak you out and then I mean, Trump himself. I, I don't know what what's really going on behind the scenes, but the way it looks to me, he says stuff like I saw these pictures and had to do something. Yeah, it's like I mean, in one of those crime argument. shows when they say, look at this picture of this dead body. You want to let this monster run free? <laughs> right. You tell me what you know. Right. The problem is that the the me, we do not know that he had chemical weapons. And saying, well, he used them is proof that he had them. We don't have proof that he used them. And he didn't have the motive. Assad did not have the motive <laughs> yeah. to do this. Why would he do this to his own people? We had just said he could stay in power. We had just said that. Why would he do this? So it doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, do you have a tweet for me? And then I'm going to go to some calls. Yes. 
Ken tweets that he agrees with what Trump did as long as they're sure that it was Assad's forces, and he says that they probably had some sort of surveillance there. Okay, so again, we've gotten to where uh, so far the arguments have all been that either you have faith in Trump's motives or you have faith in intelligence that they are honestly telling the president what – just honest truth. Here it is. We're not trying to influence your decision. This is what we know. Here are the facts. Here's the proof. Here's the evidence that you think that our intelligence or our behind the scenes, deep state, whoever ca- gathers that information really doesn't try to influence the outcome for other reasons, like for the benefit of the military industrial complex, for example. So if uh, if that's what you you know, that's what it comes down to, an act of faith. Very interesting. Uh, I'm going to take some calls, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Chris and Charlotte. Hi, Chris. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Love the show. Um, just wanted to say, I feel like all we heard on the campaign trail was Trump saying how he's going to drain the swamp. But it sounds like he did the exact opposite. He, like, backed up his RV and started dumping the septic in there. <laughs> it's crazy because it's... We don't have any facts on this. One, if the attack actually happened, and two, if it did happen, did Assad actually pull the trigger? It makes no sense to what you were saying earlier. Like, he was winning back most of Syria, and then all of a sudden he's going to unleash this chemical weapons attack? It just doesn't add up at all. Where do you get your information? Were you just sitting there for the past 48 hours watching, you know, cable news? Or, I mean, do you feel like cable news is a place where you're going to— get a different view because it sounds like you have a different viewpoint from what they're telling us on both sides I, cnn and fox are both telling us the same i definitely story. always watch like all the cable news channels but additionally in addition to that I, i'm i'm like enthralled with the whole serious thing just because i find it all very hard to believe that all this terrible stuff is happening which it is happening but i think it's wildly blown out of proportion by the mainstream media so what i do i try and do is find reliable reporters that are on the ground in syria and get their feedback. I know the only congressional representative that's been to Syria is Tulsi Gabbard, and she felt she feels like we're supplying the terrorists with the weapons after she came back from there. So she's actually got a bill in Congress trying to combat us giving weapons to terrorists. There are so. some very powerful reports from independent journalists, UN stuff like that, that uh, Allied forces bomb aid convoys. I mean, great. have you ever seen that? Yeah. I mean, that's really disturbing. I mean, that's the thing. We need uh, – we could have a real investigation. There was no – I know it's like there's an urgency because he – otherwise he's going to keep doing it. Well, if he's doing this because he feels under pressure and you pressure him more, you know, it could go either way. So there's always time. Uh, unless you're in imminent threat, there's always time to get the right answer in, in my And additionally, opinion. like the fact that we just – bombed them instead of doing an investigation if they did an investigation and found them guilty they could hold them on trial by the international courts by just going in and bombing them you've eliminated any chance of doing that oh that's a good point and you could uh maybe have more of a likelihood of a regime change which is what uh, our secretary of state i think said it's this guy's got to go if you could actually prove this stuff against him i think that you'd have better chance of that thank you so much for the call chris uh, you can tip my lines are full again. Can um, tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Sunny tomorrow, high of 75. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. 
I am chock full of calls. I have a different opinion, I guess, from most people on the Trump thing. I think he should have gone to Congress. Uh, I don't even think he did the right thing. I don't think there's evidence. And even if there were, I still wouldn't think he did the right thing. So uh, if that's not enough to <laughs> get people uh, to argue with me, and I don't even like arguing with people, but um, but in this case, I really feel like the other side is not being talked about on any media outlet, left or right, certainly not like the cable news stuff. So you're getting it here on WSB, and I want to hear from you. So I'm going to Greg in Atlanta. Hi, Greg. You're on with Monica. Hey, uh, first of all, it's the first time I've listened to your show, and I really enjoy it. Um, I don't agree with a lot of what you say, but I do enjoy it. Um, I love I think, that. That's the best praise yeah. for me because I want to exchange ideas. I think our libertarian views are the same until you – know, I, I, I really enjoy libertarian views until we go outside of the country and, and look at, at uh, international. Um, I was going to go about this from a moral standpoint, but I've heard so many things I'd like to address uh, – First of all, I don't believe this is an act of war um, any more than taking out uh, Muammar Gaddafi was. Uh, I don't, I, you know, that was not an act of war either. Um, it, it, that was a terrible thing, though. I mean, it Hillary took out Gaddafi. Horrible thing. To, I agree. Yeah, she shouldn't have done that. Do. This is a little bit different. I mean, we have not taken Assad out. First of all, I, I don't think we should take out any president or whatever they want to call themselves. Um, however. To, to say that propaganda over and over again, I, I just I don't see the propaganda part all the way back to the you know, look at what this is doing to Europe with everybody leaving Syria. Uh, there, there's there's wide ranging effects. This is not propaganda. There are people being killed. Well, there are people being tortured. Here's the propaganda, Greg, is that we are told that the reason the refugees are leaving is that Assad is bloody. But in reality, at the same time we provoked the crisis in Libya, our allies provoked the crisis in Syria. It was our intervention that spread refugees and uh, terrorism coming out of the Middle East. I wish I could give you more time. I know you're on hold, but I've got to take another break. And uh, there are so many callers. So I'm going to just uh, start doing some rapid-fire calling at the bottom of the hour. I, uh, you can, there are still some lines open, 404-8720-750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And if you want to have a longer conversation, go to my Facebook. You go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. You can email me. I do continue this conversation all week, but we're on until 6, so stay tuned. You maniacs! You blew it up! Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We build up our military not as an act of aggression, but as an act of prevention. We pursue and build up arms not in order to seek conflict, but in order to avoid conflict. In short, we seek peace through strength. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on WSB, Saturdays 3 to 6. And that was President-elect Trump on his victory speech in Fayetteville in December in 2016. And that last little phrase, peace through strength, is is an old and kind of loaded expression because there is a famous retort. I forget who said it, but it's uh, uh, that peace through strength quickly becomes peace through war. And that does seem like how this sentiment has morphed this time around. And my, uh, 
I've been talking about the actual issues here. So two weeks ago or last week, we heard that Assad, we are told by the media and the government that Assad, the president of Syria, dropped chemical weapons on his own people. And in response this week, Trump, horrified by pictures of beautiful little babies who were killed in this attack, said he had to do something, and he authorized dropping, uh, shooting, I guess, 59 Tomahawk missiles onto the airbase, supposedly, that launched these chemical weapons. Now, for me, uh, there was a similar story about chemical weapons attacks in 2013 that ended up to be a rebel false flag. If you don't know uh, the details behind that, go to propagandareportdaily.com. I just posted something that shows... A lot of different facts from that time. It's basically undisputed at this point that that was a rebel false flag. So this is a similar story, and there hasn't been time to find out if, again, this was not the rebels who were trying to get the U.S. to escalate and take out Assad, because that's what the rebels want. So there's a big problem with that. And then at the time, Obama did not withdraw. He begged Congress in writing, on the air, to allow him to shoot Tomahawk missiles into Syria. That's exactly what he wanted. And Congress didn't even bring it to a vote because it was so clear the people did not want that. And that's why Congress is the one to authorize war. And this is unusual. So then Obama proceeded to drop, I think in 2015, the number was over 20,000 bombs on Syria and Iraq. But he said it was against the terrorists. This is the first time we have said that we are bombing the government of Syria. So that is an act of war. People say it's not. It's most definitely an act of war. And it is the purview of the Congress to authorize that so that we have some say in it. We the people, because it's on our authority that, that our government and our military acts and it's with our money. So if unless they're doing it without our consent, if we if we are not if we are like with Obamacare, they shoved it down our throats, even though the majority did not want it. I don't think we're responsible for that. But if if they are doing this with our consent, I think we need to uh, look at the legal and moral foundations for these actions. So that's uh, what I think about this in a nutshell. I wanted to know not only what you think about it, but what you think if this is consistent with what you hoped for from Trump. So I've been playing tri- clips at the beginning of the segments to say to point out some of the things that Trump was telling us last year, uh, giving us a certain impression about how his approach to foreign matters would be. Now, this isn't even an act of self-defense. He's not even suggesting this is defensive. He's saying it's humanitarian. It's to save other little children's in, the children in Syria. So that is inconsistent, in my opinion, with what he said last year. But I want to hear what you ha- what you feel like as a Trump supporter about what he's doing and how it changes your uh, if it changes your opinion of him. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Don in Atlanta. Don, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, appreciate your show and you very much. Great topic, of course. Thank very you. appropriate. Uh, I'm. Uh, we should all be. Uh, of no illusion now that what candidate Trump said and now what his actions are are two different things, and candidate Trump's words are forever gone. His uh, administration is clearly taken over now by the internationalist neocon segment, and as you said, this act is an act of war, this action that he took recently in Syria. Uh, Your previous caller said it's not an act of war, what would you call 59 missiles launched into a sovereign country? 
other than an act of war. An actual property of the government, right? So absolutely. absolutely. Absolutely is a government's government action. And a little it's, bit of propaganda there, you know, uh, they said 58 of the 59 hit their target, yet hmm. the next day, I don't two know. days later, Syria is now, uh, you know, launching um, air raids from that exact air base. Yeah, or, I think that there there's a lot of, we, they did a great job, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's so warlike, like the way the propaganda is presented, it makes you feel good and happy and proud. Like if you just take it yeah. at face value, it right. e- it evokes really positive feelings but i but i agree i was thinking with trump i i was one of the few people so many alternative media personalities for example who i you know never uh, who i followed were giving him the benefit of the doubt or uh were absolutely uh positive that he was a good guy and my argument was only that the proof would be in the pudding specifically about this, about Syria and about the Middle East. If they withdrew or didn't insist on Assad regime change or whatever, I would say, you know what, maybe maybe, maybe we have, we the voters have forced a change. But if he goes through the same foreign policy that Obama and Bush had, then you have to realize that he is just the same, uh, you know, he's in on it. Well, and that had to be a big hope of all the supporters like myself who voted yes. for Mr. Trump. Yeah. And like I say, we should be under no illusion that that, that hope is gone. Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I like hope. <laughs> you know, I, I loved Ron Paul. My my hope, though, for Ron Paul, he used to talk about the Bill of Rights. You knew what his principles were. He had a long time record of having principles and using them. And I feel like you can have hope that he will employ those in office. But with Trump, it was really. I feel like it was more like a faith. and But that's all right. I mean, it was the only hope, right? It was the only hope, so we had to do it. Thank you so much for the call, Don. I'm going to CJ in Indiana. I know who CJ is. Hi, CJ. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Monica. How are you? Good. CJ is, if you've ever heard me talk about, I've been a couple of times on my favorite podcast uh, is Rogue Money. And CJ is one of the guys from Rogue Money. And I know, CJ, that I was listening to you this week. I know, I remember from our discussions on uh, the podcast that you guys really did, just like Don, the previous caller, had real hope, uh, uh, if not like total confidence, that Trump was uh, was operating outside the military industrial complex. Is that correct or incorrect? Oh, Monica, that's completely correct. If you think about everything that Trump campaigned on, think about all of his speeches regarding foreign policy. How many times did we hear Trump on the campaign um, talk about that he was one of the only persons who spoke out against the war in Iraq when Bush did that? How many times did he champion that around when he was talking about Jeb Bush? And why, CJ, why would he say that stuff? Well, in, in particular, he, you know, he always advocated for following the rule of law, Monica. He always talked about, you know, he tweeted back in 2013, when Barack Obama was considering the same actions, Monica, the same actions that he just did, he was telling in, in, in tweets that Barack Obama needed to get congressional approval, even calling it a mistake to take military action without congressional approval. See, and I would say the reason he said this stuff is that he knew it's what we wanted to hear. And I don't mean... Uh, when you look at the right, the left is like big government. So the people, the voters and the power elite are like of a, of a mind on the left. But on the right, the people on the right, the, the ruling elite is kind of trying to snow 
the people who keep the American experiment alive, keep dedication to the real Constitution, the Bill of Rights alive. And this kind of lip service to that essential understanding of the rule of law, of true self-defense, is what they that that's the struggle within the Republican Party. And I think. Trump was speaking to those people, and that's why we thought he was – I didn't. I'm sorry to say. But I, but I, I think that's why it was reasonable to have hope uh, that he was uh, a break from that. But so what do you think now? What do you think – What the meaning of Trump? I'm always wondering what the meaning of Trump is. What do you think now the meaning of Trump is? Well, this completely changes the view of the administration and how he moves forward. If you take a look at the recent actions, and Monica, most people don't even realize this. People are looking at this isolated incident in Syria. I, I don't want to change the subject, but let's think about the U.S. actions in, in Yemen. Let's talk about how the Trump administration has building deeper alliances with the Saudis, how the, how the Trump administration has allowed further weapons sales to the Saudis, and the criminal acts that, partake, that the Saudis are taking in an illegal war against Yemen. And now what, the U.S. is turning around doing the same thing under Trump's policies and Trump's agenda, it's so, very devastating, yeah. Monica. So you're really going deep. like, And this is something that I actually have a challenge with on the air because I have to take so many breaks. <laughs> but when, when we talk on podcasts and stuff like that, you can really dig into the nitty gritty. But the reality is the nitty gritty is very complicated. The actual details, the history, the geopolitics, it's all very complicated. It's not stuff that can be shot out at us on cable news or in little segments or even be effectively managed through a democratic republic like we have, which is why, in my opinion, the founders didn't want us to have alliances or enemies because it is there is no way for a representative government to really behave like an empire and still follow the Constitution that demands a Republican, Democratic Republic. And and that's why, so when you get into those details, they're super important. But the fact is, no regular voter is ever going to be able to do that. So what you need is total faith in the government. And that's what I feel is is lost. Right. Monica, real quick, another real quick point I want to make as well, because, you know, you have those people. That, what about the kids? What about the, the civilians? What about those innocent people killed? Well, what about the U.S. military actions in, in Iraq? What about the recent 200 civilians that were killed by U.S. bombing in, in Mosul? Iraq? What about that? Yeah. Yes. And uh, I would also say that, like, with that Kuwaiti ambassador's daughter who cried about the babies in the incubators, so many more babies died because of the action we took in response to that, which was to invade Iraq and... Uh, Madeleine Albright, when asked, I think by Leslie Stahl, what do you think about the hundreds of thousands of children who died because of sanctions and war in Iraq? Uh, and Madeleine Albright said she thought she thought it was worth it. <laughs> she thought it was worth it. Anyway, CJ, I have to uh, I have to go to a break. That's uh the name of the game is take these quick breaks. I'll be right back. I'm still open for calls, 404-872-0750. Uh, at Monica Price Show. That was CJ from Rogue Money. If you want to hear our conversations, uh, go to um, uh, roguemoney.com, I think. Is that right, CJ? Is it roguemoney.com? Yeah, roguemoney.net, roguemoney.net. Sorry, roguemoney.net, and you can see some of our previous work, and their daily show is awesome. Uh, I'll be right back. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 
66 outside the studio. Skies are sunny. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. We're talking about the strikes in Syria. I'm going to Joe in Locust Grove. Joe, you're on with Monica. Thank you, Monica. I just want to say that the, uh, the light of liberty, that shining city on the hill that Ronald Reagan so eloquently spoke of during his time, was almost extinguished, was grown very dim in the last eight years. No doubt, had we been be under President Hillary today, Clinton, it would be out. President Ray, uh, Trump, Friday, made that light shine a lot carefully and cautiously, turned that light back on. And I do I support him? Yeah, I support him. I think uh, there are bigger laws. I'm sorry, the Constitution of the United States does not go out beyond the borders of the United States. And I think there is laws of humanity. I think there's a bigger, higher force. Uh, in charge of this world, it has a bigger hand than even in the United the United States on the map. Well, I the Constitution does explicitly address war. Congress has the war power. War can only apply to our engagement with other countries. So it does uh, extend. We are not allowed to leave our borders except for within the confines of Constitution. And Hillary. Uh, actually recommended the exact same thing that Trump did. And that's an example, in my opinion, of, or this is why I often say uh, welfare, warfare, either party will give you both. And that's what you would have had. So, so much more. I've got so much more to talk to you about. I'm open to argument. Give me a call, 404-872-0750. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. in December, telling us that, uh, I mean, when he said topple foreign regimes we know nothing about and shouldn't be involved with, I thought, Syria, that's great. We need to get out of Syria. We're spreading refugees and terrorists like wildfire by trying to topple Assad. It's kind of kooky. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And then libertarians have a lot of overlapping opinions with Tea Partiers, traditional conservatives. We're individualists. We're not collectivists. But when it comes to foreign policy, we're pretty strict about or just the use of aggression. Stealing and killing are our touchstones. And and if I I, I mean, that's really I, I'll call myself a libertarian. But really, I just hold my government to the standard that should not steal or kill. So or like murder. That's the standard. It happens to fall under the principles of libertarianism. But if libertarianism morphs, it will leave me behind. But for now, that's what uh, – so I do want to say I hate to plug events I'm going to be at when I have a contentious show. 
So, but I am going to talk about these events because I have a few things coming up, live events. And these organizations are so, uh, they're generous, they're open-minded. I'm at The first event, which is a Civitan Club of Coming, uh, I'm having a, going to a luncheon of theirs April 20th, which is a Thursday. We, we are not permitted to talk about politics. The reason I'm going, it's a volunteer organization. I have, uh, my oldest son has Down syndrome. As a libertarian, I advocate social power over state power. So volunteerism is super important uh, for that. And uh, so it's not political at all. They're just, uh, I'm going as a, a, a mom who's had needs in the community. I try to give back in the community. So I'm doing that uh, April 24th in the evening. I was very generously invited to go to a United Tea Party of Georgia meeting. Um, that's also incoming, actually, 7 o'clock. That's going to be a great event. And uh, the the conclusion of the, my week's live tour, basically, that week is I'm going to do a broadcast of this show live from a special edition of Liberty on the Rocks at the Harp Pub in Roswell. And Binkley, my producer here, he will be there. So you can meet Binkley for the first time, first time out in public. It's like his debut. Wow. You're your debutante on April 29th. <laughs> and it's going to be super fun, though, because you weren't at the last one, Binkley. But Liberty on the Rocks is uh, libertarians to go to the Harp. I really developed a taste for Guinness last time. I try not to Did drink you? on the job. <laughs> I will not be having a Guinness till after the show. But I, um, I'm committed to hanging out, meeting people. That's going to be super fun. And that will be full of hardcore libertarians. So if you're a hardcore libertarian um, and, uh, and like Guinness or can tolerate people who are mixing their liberty with their ice cubes, then you should come to that. That's April 29th. So I have all the details of that stuff on uh, propagandareportdaily.com or my website, monicaperezshow.com. You can email me if you're confused or go to my Facebook page. So there it is. I hope that my opinion, which is obviously uh, not the mainstream opinion on the right here, that I think at the very least Trump should have gone to Congress before uh, shooting Tomahawk missiles into Syria, uh, but, uh, you know, that's just my opinion. So, Binkley, let's see if we've got some tweets to read. We do. We have one from NOYB. He says, how does bombing an army who is annihilating ISIS hurt ISIS? That is the paradox of our problem with Syria. The th- People call Assad bloody Assad, whatever. His father was a brutal dictator, apparently. But I don't know if... You know the story, Binkley. I think I've touched on it, and I do not think that you were aware of this because it doesn't get any play. But the reason Assad's father got bad PR, maybe rightly, maybe was brutal, but there in 1984 in Homs, which is where this strike took place, by the way, there was a an uprising against the government. But it was a Muslim Brotherhood uprising. So a lot of people here consider the Muslim Brotherhood to be a radical Islamist organization. And if they were trying to take over your country, you would want your government. Even We even have permission in this country to put down rebellions with force. So uh, now I'm a state's rights person, so I think people, the states have the right to secede. So I'm not even sure if that's okay, but that's what these guys did. That's what... That's why he's got a bad rap. I'm not saying I'm in favor of that. I'm not even opining on the government of that sovereign nation. But uh, but it is it is fighting ISIS and we're fighting ISIS. And uh, it's if you take out Assad, what do you get in its place? You get a failed state like Iraq, like Libya. 
you get problems. Uh, Afghanistan has problems. Any place you go in and you take out the guy who can govern this Frankenstein tribalism that we, the Western powers, put together as these different Arab countries in World War after World War One. The guys who are keeping order there maybe don't love their tactics. Maybe they don't follow what we would consider, you know, what are our Bill of Rights. But but by spreading the terrorism and the refugees, we come here and say our our government tells us we need to suspend our Bill of Rights. We need to we need to suspend the Fourth Amendment and the Fifth Amendment and the First Amendment because we've got this terrorism problem. And I'm saying let them do it over there. Let us keep our Bill of Rights here, keep their terrorism. They can crack it, crack down as much as they want, lock people up, because when we go over there, they open the prisons, and it just they, that's what happened in Egypt, that's what happened in Libya. They put the terrorists in jail. We oust the strong man, and those prison gates just uh, open, and they flood out. And I really don't think there's too much of an argument against that, but I'm uh, open to them. <laughs> if you have one, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can call at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Mike in Claremont. Uh, Mike, you're on with Monica. Thank you, Monica. I'm listening to you, obviously, for the last hour. <laughs> I know you're on I'm hold. Not... I'm sorry. I try to do it in order. I'm sorry. It's today's been really problem. busy. It's not a problem. We're going past that. But when I was listening to it, it gave me an opportunity to hear from a lot of your, your fans and people that listen to you. And I thought, you know, if they went to a restaurant, I go to a restaurant, I get to order something. What I ordered from the Trump restaurant was Supreme Court. I got everything that I wanted. And I, I gather that in order to be a part of, but thinking of so many of your listeners, I don't have a big enough ego that I want everything that's on the menu. I mean, I accept the fact that I went there to eat a meal, and I wasn't going to get everything in there. So the Supreme Court to me was very important. Why was the Supreme I, Court important to you? Why was that the number one thing? Because that's our Constitution is actually the foundation from which this nation is built. And that's the only thing I'm asking for. You're saying I want everything. I don't. All I want is the Constitution. That's all I'm asking for. Well, I'm going to move on to another point, if you don't mind. And that's the way you, you present some of your facts. You start talking about, well, you know, who's who, that gas and where the gas come from and so on and so forth. But you did not make reference to the fact that when they took those people to the hospital, that there were drones that came from that same, the same airport and following the the people going into the hospital, that, that hospital was bombed. Now, is that a coincidence? Well, how do you know that that's really exactly what happened? See, now how do you know that it's not? I mean, Oh, I don't, but I'm advocating but, not no, killing no, people. You're only giving no, listen, no, I'm advocating not killing people. If you want to advocate killing people, you need to prove it to me because this government represents me and uses my tax dollars to kill people. So I need... The, they, the uh, onus is on them to prove it to me. Well, you pick and choose the, the facts that you like, and I've noticed that, and that's, that's quite a I'm lot. I'm not arguing any facts at all. I, okay, I then, am... then if you start giving the facts, then well, you're saying, well, we don't have a fact on, on – uh, we don't have the ability to get these facts either. Oh, I don't. Th I think we have the, the ability. The I just don't. Th I do think we have the capability. Absolutely. But I do not trust our government and the media to tell us the truth if it's in if it's different from what they want the outcome to be. Do you trust the government and the media to tell you the truth, even if it's against what they want? Oh, the media has an agenda. So I have no. And, and the government has an agenda also. But the only way you're going to get closer to reality would be with someone like Trump, because you start talking about who our options were. That being Hillary, we weren't even invited to the, the restaurant. 
it does always come back to, well, he's not as bad as Hillary. And I will say, in this case, Hillary did say she wanted the exact same thing that he did. So, uh, you know, I appreciate the arguments because, yes, it with Hillary, you're absolutely positive you're going to get both feet on the gas for the welfare state and the warfare state. With Trump... He was satisfying this disgruntlement on the right for ever-expanding governments, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I feel his election did represent a concession uh, or a nod to the people who felt like we needed to put the brakes on a little bit. Now, that might mean he has to slow down a little bit. It might mean there's going to be some more smoke and mirrors. I don't know. But this is a piece of evidence that he is not— uh, that he's he's delivering the same foreign policy we would have gotten with Hillary, and in her own words, and in his words. Thank you for the call, Mike. I'm sorry that I'm frustrating you. But everybody is giving this same, you know, you get uh, the argument. I'm the only one who's, who's even digging into this a little bit deeply, in my opinion. When you look at the cable news, you watch Fox, you watch CNN, they're just assuming that all this stuff is true, and I absolutely do not take their word for it. But I'm open to more arguments. Give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. High today of 68, tomorrow's high 75. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I have for you a weekend prize pack. I have a pair of tickets to see award-winning film composer Hans Zimmer on July 18th at Verizon Amphitheater and a pair of tickets to see Matchbox 20 and Counting Crows on August 13th at Lakewood Amphitheater. First to call 404 741 0750 gets it. Uh, that stuff looks great. I think, um, Binkley, do you? I don't want to cut somebody too short. Let me take a quick call, then we'll get to some tweets after the break. I'm going to go to Jim. Jim, you are on with Monica. Yeah, hey, Monica. This hey, Jim. Is Jim. Thanks for taking the call. I know uh, things have been busy. I just want to make a couple of quick points. Uh, first, I, I'm actually just driving home from the airport after arriving back in country from uh, the Middle East. And, um, I was there when the strike occurred uh, in the region, that is. Um, I just wanted to highlight that uh, all of the Middle Eastern news agencies that I heard um, and the statements that came out from various governments from differing countries um, were all very much in support of this. Can uh, you name the the countries? Because I know that Qatar, Jordan, uh, the Emirates, Saudi Arabia, they're allies of ours. Egypt, we would expect them to support, but... Do you think that it's just quit? It's just basically on uh, the lines of like uh, people aligned with us and people aligned with you know Iran and Russia, or do you feel like there's any crossover there? Um, well, probably not crossover. Of course, most of the Middle East is going to be aligned against Iran, um, but the countries that you named, in particular, their news agencies, Al Aram, uh, Emirate Al Yum, uh, Al Jazeera, even you know, provided very positive reports. And, and then the people who I spoke with um, were also, you know, at a personal level, uh, supportive of it. Um, who do you because, speak with? Who do you have access uh, to speak English or do you speak Arabic? No, it was it was English and, and some Arabic. I'm not that good. But I um, mean, I had it translated for me. And just the people that I worked with, you know, you know, no government officials, uh, but the, the person on the street, if you will, uh, found it to be found it to be a much more positive action from the perspective of needing to demonstrate strength 
to a regime that seems to be fairly rogue, um, even in this day and age. Where were you? Um, Can you say exactly what town you're in or I was country? in Cairo. You were what? I was in Cairo. Oh, okay. So, and then, uh, uh, yeah. And the other point I was going to make is uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about um, uh, the requirement for the president to go to Congress. And, and though there has been a huge amount of talk in the American press and even the European press about that, the one thing I haven't heard anybody mention, and perhaps you have, I just haven't heard it, um, is discussion about the War Powers Act. Well, I, I have to cut you off because I have to go to a break. I'll, I'll address that uh, as soon as we come back. Thanks very much. This is Monica Perez. You got me excited. Because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. This destructive cycle of intervention and chaos must finally, folks, come to an end. We spent, at last count, six trillion dollars in the Middle East. And our roads have potholes all over. Our highways are falling apart. Our bridges are falling. Our tunnels are no good. Our airports are horrible like third world countries. We got to start spending on ourselves. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, and when it comes to war, that's where Libertarians really probably stand alone these days. I don't want to sweep anybody else up in that um, label. I personally, uh, I think, I believe in the principles of a just war at the very least. And I hold my government to the standard of uh, its own laws, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and the uh, moral laws of that I think are fundamental to all cultures and religions and societies that you can't kill or steal. Uh, I just got a call before the break uh, about the War Powers Act. I want to talk about that. But Binkley, did you notice in that clip from Trump that he said the highways are falling apart and the bridges are collapsing? They sure are. It's kind of funny because when he said that, I was like, really? I totally don't see that at all. Uh, yeah. And then low, I-85. And I, I was still like, wow, that's funny because I totally think this infrastructure thing with Trump, which was the only policy initiative he talked about in his acceptance speech, I made a note of that. So un-Republican to want to, like, spend federal money on, you know, whatever. So I just hated that. And then I'm now like, oh, well, you know, the bridges are falling apart. The highways are falling apart. And uh, when we first talked about the I-85 collapse, you had immediately went down the rabbit hole, which I did not do. Then when we did our podcast, The Propaganda Report, episode 36, you played some clips for me that really blew my mind about the um, the uh, exercises, the drills that were going on. Vigilant Guard 17 here in Georgia that Governor Deal had had a press conference about on Monday before the bridge collapse on Thursday. And when you listen to the clips, like uh, during the week from before and after the bridge collapse, there's a continuity there that I found chilling. So really, why don't you yeah, tell people is. how yeah, that super popular podcast, tell people how they can get that. They can go to the propaganda report daily.com and click on the Apple icon or the Google play icon or click on the article that is titled episode 36. Yeah, that's an interesting one. And I'm really not plugging it because I get any return from it, which I do not. I had actually wanted to play those clips 
on the air, but we're so overwhelmed with this uh, event in Syria that uh, I just don't think we can change gears. I'm going to get to the calls. Uh, hang on. Um, before the break, I had a caller talk about the War Powers Act, which is actually a resolution. I don't think it's an act because – I don't know if it's because, but it was a resolution passed in the 70s. Nixon vetoed it, and then uh, I guess a joint session overruled that, and it became a resolution. And and Nixon vetoed it, and the presidents don't like it because it actually uh, seems to – clarify, enhance, kind of take back some of the congressional power. So the president is not allowed to commit an act of war without congressional approval, and uh, and he can't do anything that's not clearly in American interests. And I would say this humanitarian action, or what Trump claims to be a humanitarian action, by bombing Syria in retaliation for Assad allegedly uh, making a chemical attack against his own people, which I do not consider to be an evidence since the last alleged chemical attack was a rebel false flag, which if you go to propagandareportdaily.com, I have evidence of that. So it seems likely that the next act, identical, parallel act, would be that. And the government lied about it. The media lied about it. That's why I'm not just accepting the surveillance tapes or whatever that I can't verify. So it's not in our national interest. It's not even being argued, really, that it's in our national interest, except for very obliquely, as they say, like very diagonal connection there. It's not something... Uh, that is in our direct interest. And in, in my mind, it's an act of war. I mean, launching a military strike against a sovereign nation is an act of war. I don't think there's any way around it. I think what the caller was trying to refer to, though, was this this uh, clause in there that says he's got 60 days to withdraw from an action like this that does not have congressional authorization. And people read that to say that means he can do anything for 60 days. But here's the, even if you take it like that, if you commit an act of war, 60 days from now, you're going to get congressional approval because you're going to be at war. So it, it, you can't – that's why you're not, you're not allowed to do it for 60 days just because it's for 60 days. Now, people argue it's not an act of war. I disagree with that. I mean that's just uh, – I, I don't see how it can be characterized any other way. So when I say stuff like that, I usually get a lot of calls. So let's do it. How do you do take it. it back? Huh? How do you take back a bunch of missile strikes? No, you just would stop. You know, he can't send troops in. You know, yeah. he can't keep striking every day for 61 days. I oh, guess he's got okay. to stop. But I'm just saying by that you've actually invited reprisal. So by Russia or, or Syria, or whatever, because you're operating outside of international law at that point, outside your own law, if they, they can justify to their own people retaliation because it's clear that this was outside the law of nations. I referred to that earlier. It's a book, uh, you know, written down by Vittel – I think it was a Fr- it was in French originally, but our founders have said that they use that as the main the the most influential source on our constitution. It's it's a stabilizing basic law that uh, uh, civilized nations are supposed to recognize, regardless of treaties and whatnot. There are is a basic law, and the foundation of it is sovereignty, which is also the foundation of a lot of this immigrant conversation we talk about. Why do people say you can't? I can't have my cousin from Ireland come work for me uh, without permission from the government because we're a sovereign nation and the government has the right to tell me who I can host in my own house. And that's a so people who argue you can say there's no such thing as sovereignty. I'm an anarcho capitalist. I can argue against the notion of sovereignty from a national level, but not my own house. You know, but if if you if your argument about immigration is 
that you recognize the national borders as uh, as absolutely inviolate, inviolable, then you have to recognize that you can't throw bombs, you know, shoot bombs off to other countries. I'm going to go to uh, Marty. Marty, you're on with Monica. My God, you are there. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You don't know. I have like 10 lines and they've been full the whole time. I've been taking them in order of, uh, I know, of how I know. long. I'm sorry. And you know what? You're going to, uh, uh, I'm sorry. You know, now I don't pick and choose, you know, I don't pick and choose oh, yeah. what I want to hear. I call you frequently. Not frequently. I call you whenever I can get through. Uh, yes, thank I'm you. I'm a truck driver. I know your father's a truck driver. And my brothers. Get... Oh, your brother. Cool. But, yeah, to both of my brothers. Damn, you're getting beat up from all directions. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think well, number one, I'm going to do. I'm going to have to change my whole thing because you've been talking for so long. I have a post-it note that grew into a full page. So oh we'll my gosh! Well, we're going to two... forget everything I was going to say. I'm going to tell you two things. Your yeah. screener is awesome, very efficient, and very polite. Rachel, I nice. love Rachel. Rachel. Thank you. Yeah, Rachel. she's amazing. Um, two is I'm going to bring you a present when I do see you, which maybe it will be that pub and the beer and all that. Yeah, April 29th. Uh, yeah, I'm going to bring you a shovel to help fill in this rabbit hole because if you keep starting at the bottom of the hole, we're never going to get to the topic. Okay. Uh, okay, and I, I'm just thanking you there. Anyway, me... I really love what you're doing. I I fell in the hole with you. With Thank Trump. you. What do you think about this? Are you ha- Did you vote for Trump? Did you support Trump? I voted for Trump the minute I heard he was in it, and I thought, how cool is actually going to blow this dude apart, but I'm glad he didn't. He just took out some stuff. And I agree with what he said he did it for. But now you're frying my brain because you're telling me this never happened. It's fictitious babies. And what the heck is going on? I'm sorry, Marty, but if you. The babies die. (laughs) I know. Truckers, truckers get a lot of their news through their ears because you're driving, driving, driving. And you listen to the radio. You listen to Sirius, to Fox, whatever. Most well-informed people I have ever met are truckers because they listen to like 10 hours of news a day. But yeah. you you can't actually stop down and direct your own research because you'd have to no. dig a little deeper and you're at the mercy of what people read. And I'll tell you from the point of view of somebody who is in the media and who's who's digesting the news and delivering it, it is so much harder to dig in deeply and find things that uh, that are different from what you're reading in the headlines or from what everybody's hearing because then you really have to have your facts buttoned up Right. You really have to know you what you're talking about. Where do you go for them? Where do you go for them? Well, I I do dig deeper. Um, I have found some sources. I pick and choose. I ask people that question, and half the time they're like, "You, you're my source." <laughs> like, meaning me. I'm like, "Oh, crud!" It's a big responsibility. But there are. I, yeah. I have posted it before. I don't want to highlight one or the other. I posted yeah. like a list of ten of my favorite sources. If you go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, my other website propagandadaily.com there are along the edges are um i have a column of all the different sources that i go to so there's probably 20 different ones on each page and you can just read the headlines of the day the top three headlines from each of those sources and click through and you're gonna some of them agree with me some of them disagree with me but it does a little more research but if i get on the air and uh and i don't i could just read the headlines off of the wall street journal and nobody would be annoyed with me because they're reading that, too. But uh, I find that I have to – I do want to bring the deeper truth out, but it does require that if you're listening, you're going to have to dig in and, and see if you agree with me or not. But find the evidence. Well, hold hold uh, the mainstream I, media to a high standard. 
Am I still with you? Yes, yeah, sorry, Marty. Uh, that's right. Well, I know you're with you. Uh, I just want to know how how did you get into that? I mean, you do this for a living. I can't even begin to figure out what I would do to, to pull this data. I mean, thank God you do it for a living. Oh, thank you, Marty. I'll tell you, and then I'll cut some break. Uh, I was just sitting next to the lovely Krista Devias, the producer, executive producer of Clark Howard at a wedding. And I was just uh, basically doing what I just did to you, Marty, just a constant stream of, <laughs> of what my thoughts are. And she just asked me if I could do it just, you know, for hours on end, like facing a wall, basically. And uh, and I did. And then it was quite challenging because it, I would read what, what really opened my eyes to things is I was reading the mainstream media, not thinking that there was anything wrong with that at all. But the. But the narrative would change, and the facts would seem to change. I remember the Boston Marathon bombing? I was like, but I read in this newspaper something totally different the day before. Uh, surveillance stuff. So it's totally different in one newspaper to the next. Uh, and so then I had to start digging deeper, and then I realized that you, the mainstream media is the one that isn't really expected to provide evidence, whereas the alternative media, some's fake, some's real, but they, but you're more likely to find evidence given footnotes links all that kind of stuff because they are held to a higher standard because people are skeptical about it i have time for one more call after the break or you could tweet at me at monica perez show monica perez on news 95.5 and am 750 wsb mostly to partly sunny monday forecast high of 78 as the work week begins but that could change so stay tuned to wsb for weekend weather brought to you by shoemate heating and air we are wrapping up a great conversation. Uh, I have time for one more call. I'm going to talk to David in Buford. But first, I want to tell people about, uh, I've mentioned these events that are coming up. You can check them out on my website, my Facebook page. I have a luncheon April 20th uh, with the Civitan Club of Coming. That's lovely. It's not going to be politics at all. It's going to be more about uh, how, how people can help take social power back from the state, volunteer, uh, especially from my perspective as a mother of a child with Down syndrome. And uh, I have a United Tea Party of Georgia event April 24th at 7 p.m. That is going to be a great, very political discussion. Totally don't hold my radical ideas against the gracious hosts who invite me. It's really for a high-level, interesting, fast-paced exchange. I love that. And then this show is going on the road. We are going to have a live remote broadcast April 29th, 3 to 6 p.m. at the Harp Pub in Roswell. That's going to be a Liberty on the Rocks event. It's going to be super, super fun. Libertarians and Guinness, it'll be fun to listen to, but super fun to participate in. I'll have an extra mic. So if you show up, we can talk on the air. Uh, I'm not sure if <laughs> Libertarians plus Guinness plus a mic. I've is... never been around a room full of drunk Libertarians before. I hope that they're not. We'll, we'll, we'll wait for after to let people really let their hair out. <laughs> I will stick around. I'll have my Guinness at 6 o'clock on the nose. Uh, okay, but I want to give David and Buford the last word. Hi, David. You're on with Monica. Hey, it's uh, you told me to listen today, and I'm glad I did. Uh, I'm looking forward to the 24th. Uh, oh, is this David of the United Tea Party of Georgia? This is uh, no, it's not the president. I'm the mic guy, but yes. Oh yes, you're the AV guy who very graciously mic'd up my last Liberty on the Rocks event. There's two Davids in the same circle, but yes, great, fantastic. Uh, I, so, what do you think? Well, you got to get your news from somewhere, 
and you have written off uh, two very easy places to get news. And while I, I, you've taken me further down the rabbit hole than I ever thought I would go, <laughs> but I concur with you substantially, a lot more than I ever used to. But at some point in time, you've got to judge what you listen to um, or can get a hold of um, as factual or not factual. Is Fox gospel? No, it isn't. But is it right more often than the CNN? I feel like I can trust it a whole lot more often than CNN. Um, shoot, even WSB. Uh, I'll hear Wall Street headlines on the top and bottom of the hour uh, or um, New York Times headlines or AP News or whatever, and then all the time in between you hear railing against uh, the media bias and the headlines. So at some point in time you've got to believe something. You don't have verifiable proof that these sources that you listen to are giving you absolute gospel. It's just over time your experiences. Yes, and I, I'm running out of time, Dave, but I've got to say, uh, yes, it's because of my experience that I can evaluate news much more quickly. So you get lots of facts from Fox, and uh, a lot of times I agree with the principles, but flags go off when I hear their lies, and I'm happy to help you through that process every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on the Monica Perez Show.